This episode of Keep Calm and Crown On, it's brought to you by Minute with Mary. Minute with Mary, of course, is your one-stop shop for all things makeup and skincare, especially right now in the month of November. So I have a lot of bundles, one happening each week, and actually the week of Thanksgiving, I'm going to be having three holiday bundles drop. So if you're in the market for any kind of makeup, skincare, please, please take a look at MinuteWithMary.com or shoot me a message on social media. I'd love to hook you up. My dear Charles, there exists no greater compliment than to be called a prince among men. Such a person earns his title with his ability to lead and inspire. Elusive virtues to which you must reach and rise. And it grieves me to say that you are not working hard enough to reach and to rise. The choice of a woman was the issue around which the last Prince of Wales came to grief. And it's astonishing to me that 40 years after the abdication, you're making so little attempt to conceal your infatuation for another man's wife. How could you contemplate such ruin and disappointment to yourself, to your family, to me? Must I remind you again of the importance of building your destiny with some sweet and innocent, well-tempered gal with no past, knows the rules, and will follow the rules. Someone with whom you can make a fresh start and build a new life. One that people will love as a princess and in due course as queen. This is your duty now, your most important task. You're more than a man, more than a prince. And one day, dear boy, you shall be king. And now, to the sea. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Keep Calm and Crown On. It's a podcast dedicated to the Crown on Netflix, so grab your best cup of tea and let's get royal. And welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I am glad to be back. Oh, aren't we all? Did you have tea when you watched the first episode of The Crown? I know I sure did. We shared that, of course, with our whole Patreon community. Yes. Had my tea in my BB 8 cup. But we're here. <laughs> we're here. We're ready to go. We're talking about some Crown, and uh, what an episode to begin. Uh, the season four of the crown. I know we'll we'll get into bam it, bam. Thank you, ma'am. We'll, we'll get into that and everything. Um, but your in, uh, initial impressions, Mary. Just what are your what are your thoughts about this? And are you glad to be back with everybody? I joined the Nerd Clan oh for gosh. this podcast. Yes, one hundred percent. We're so thankful, of course, for our friends for for making this all possible. Um, in a nutshell, how do I feel? Blown away. Oh, oh too soon. Too soon. It's not too soon. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Where is my shame button? Uh, yeah, I went there. Oh my goodness. I went there, friends. That that is that's aggressive. That is aggressively aggressive. Hey, Mary. you know what? It's season four, man. <laughs> Bringing out the big guns. Wait, here it is. Shame. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be no. a lot of that thrown around. Somebody's touching my stuff. 
There's kids, probably. Yes. Thank you, 2020. <laughs> so before we get into this episode, of course, though, we wanted to remind you all to subscribe to the podcast, find us on social media at marianblake.com. You can head on over there to see all the other podcasts and blogs that we're covering. This Is Us, The Potterverse, Outlander. We've got everything. everything We've got everything going on. You can find it all at marianblake.com. And of course, we want to take a brief moment to thank our friends at jointhenerdclan.com who made this possible. Yeah, you guys rock, man. You you are the ones who did this. You are the ones who make uh, Keep Common Crown on happen. That's right. And uh, that's why we're here doing it for you guys. Yes. That's why we're binging this entire season in th- three days. There's going to be so much tea. Can we get crumpets tomorrow or scones? Yes. Do they eat scones? I feel like crumpets would be a thing. I, no, but... no, I feel like scones is a thing. Okay. Scones could totally be a thing. Scones with butter and jam? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm drooling. (laughs) (laughs) No joke, guys. We are... like binging over the next three days. So yeah. if we look a little tired, if we sound a little crazy, if we come out a little British at the end of this week. Mary will come out British. Oh, I, I will not. No doubt I'm going to go more Boston. Whenever I'm near people who have foreign accent, any kind of accent. Yeah, you adopt that accent. It's not even like I'm trying to blend in with them. My mouth just is like crazy. <laughs> but if I start sounding like Diana, Ooh, then we're going What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm a tree. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's get into the show. Let's do it. Well, the title for this one is called Gold Stick. Now, I know, Mary, you're looking at the, at the audience and uh, as the, we're recording this, and you're looking at me with this really weird face. Yeah. It's like a Robert De Niro face, yeah. mm. and you have no idea what that is, and that's no. okay. Because Gold Stick keep actually- keep thinking Gold Member. <laughs> gold Member. <laughs> actually, that's actually Gold Finger, sorry. Uh, gold Stick actually comes from one of Lord Mountbatten's numerous honorary positions. Oh, of course. He was the Colonel of the Lifeguards in Gold Stick in Waiting, which Colonel is a fan- of the Lifeguards? Yes, which like is Like Baywatch? A- <laughs> no, it's- I- doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, it's essentially a fancy title for ceremonial bodyguard. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, how weird. Right. How weird. Wasn't he the the actor? Wasn't he the king of the royal guard who wore gold in Game of Thrones? No, he was not he was not the uh head of the royal the King's Guard. No, that was Jamie. Jamie was oh, head of the King's Jamie. Guard. Jamie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, right. he was Jamie's father. Yeah, I know. Okay. And, I know. And he, I just knew that there was a lot of gold and being as, worn. And as Tywin, he did wear a lot of gold. He had a lot of gold. Yes. And he was the uh, hand to and the I'm king. I'm not going to lie. It was a little weird hearing his voiceover being like, you need to marry someone. Because I'm like, is this Tywin Lannister again? Oh, I love Giles Dance. He is the best. He is the best at whatever he does. He literally could make any young man marry any woman just by giving <laughs> that talk. It's happened in two great shows. Okay, continue. All right, the director was... More. Was Benjamin Caron. Uh, this actually should sound familiar to all of you who are listening to Keep Common Crown on because he has directed many episodes Tell me. of uh, The Crown, including Scientia Potentia Est, Assassins, mm. Barrel, Matrimonium, Mystery Man, Olding, Margaretology, Abervan, Bobbykins, and, and now um, Gold Stick. Love and it. Uh, it, at least from the episodes that I have watched, Benjamin Caron is quite. A director. Oh, we we actually, if you're if you watched the video earlier, you, we saw that um, 
shot of Charles as he's waiting to get mm. off of the plane and the it's just the, the sunlight the of the pink mm. and the clouds and silhouette of just oh, looking yeah. down. That is, yes. sun, that is sunset porn at its best. Truly. And the writer, of course, was the showrunner, Peter Morgan, who has written every single one of these episodes. Keep him busy, man. Yeah, he don't mess around. Mm-mm-mm. And it's cool because it's I like the I like when they're it's it's a funny thing when you have just one writer. It's a little bit funny. <laughs> there are, I'm sure, staff writers, but when one guy is responsible for the whole thing, it's like an auteur type deal where he is responsible for the look, the feel, and the writing. Mm. Kind of like uh, Nick Pizzolatto on uh, True Detective or whatever. It, in, in those instances, it's a good thing, and yet it can be a very bad thing. Okay. Uh, but I feel like in this case, so far, it's been very good to have Peter Morgan just be the sole writer of each episode. I've been down. I've so, enjoyed it. So what is your Corgi's rating? Oh, God, we forgot to get the stuffed Corgi. Oh. Plague. Fail. I'm going on Amazon. Um, I'm giving it a 4.9. I mean, it is just shy of perfection. I don't really fully know why it's not perfection, aside from the fact that I need more Margaret in my life. Yes. And less Anne. Um, so that's why it's a 4.9. I feel like the show is telling you it needs less Anne, but that's just me. Seriously. Because there's a big thing that happens. Well, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get, get there. We'll, can, we'll get there. She, you know, she can disappear. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I'll go Blake. What? Your turn. Wait, did, you the didn't... corgi reading. I gave a four point nine. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought we were on the GBGs. I'm sorry, buddy. I, where I, you been? Oh man, uh, how... how to tell when the hosts aren't listening? All right, for me, it's a four point eight. Uh, I agree with you, oh, Mary. Yeah. It is just shy of perfect for the crown. Uh, and I, there is one particular reason why that I think it's just shy of yeah. perfect, but this is pretty damn close. Which one's your favorite? Which um, corgi? Ooh. All tan, tan with white. Oh, or black, tan, and white. I would say, well, the black, tan, and white looks like a beagle. Or do you want the cheapest one? Cheapest one. There we go. There we go. It's tan and white. All right. (laughs) Tan and white it is. Um, There's one particular thing that I think happens. We'll get into that. Uh, Aside from that, though, this is an exquisite opening to season four. Uh, And if this is... The the if this is a low water mark, oh, uh, then we ha- we are. I think this is my favorite premiere of The Crown, which I know you've only seen one season yes. of premieres, but like frequently one of my pet peeves is the first uh, one, two, three, even three episodes. So we're, yeah. I'm interested to see how the second episode is. This is going to be a real. Well, it's funny because as even though this does test. feel somewhat episodic it's not because no. it takes so many of the the strings and so many of the uh, we got it um got a corgi it coming takes on Wednesday. so many of the the threads that were left open at the end at the end of season three and it just says okay here we go like, yeah. this is we're, we're getting right back into it it didn't feel yes. like it didn't feel like the art thing Ugh. Uh, you know, um, at the at the beginning of Schnooze season three, fest. yeah, like what are we talking about? The this, art person. This gets you right in. Okay, okay, what is your GBG? You're good, bad, and great. Who ran the world, girls? Okay, that was so out of tune, but I'm trying. I was trying to go you're, for. You're doing. You're doing the best that you can. Hey, you know, you know, <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. She's your good. Uh, no, just the fact that there are two menopausal women running the world. Got it. Okay. And you know what? They like each other. Uh, so right, right now, now, right now, you, you things are going to no, be ending real but quick. But I thought that it was really <laughs> if you cute. know English history. <laughs> I just think it's cute. I just think it's really cute. I liked, uh, I just liked this. I liked this dynamic. I don't think I've seen Elizabeth. 
I don't think I've seen Elizabeth get excited over meeting somebody. That is true. If it wasn't a horse. <laughs> <laughs> or her, her, her past flame where she gets excited. <sighs> yes. Um, gosh, what was his name? I don't, I don't remember. Horse guy. Horse guy. Oh, I'm forgetting, but I loved him so much. I missed him. I thought he would be showing up with the horses. I don't, I don't know. I just, she was like making sure the flowers are just right. And they were like, ha ha ha, look at us. Like we kind of dig each other. I just think it was kind of cute, except that it's the lady from the X-Files. Jillian Anderson, man. And I didn't realize it. And now I can't unsee it, but I I will unsee it. But I didn't know that was her until I was reading stuff. And I was like, hold on. Why are people talking about the X-Files? Holy smokes. Yeah, that is, that is, that's Scully. Good. She's great. She did, I, she's awesome. she's an amazing actress. She's okay, great. my bad. As I said, I could care less about Princess Margaret right now. I really wish. I mean, Princess Anne. I really wish Princess Margaret was here. Uh, but but my bad in the sense that it made me feel bad was actually the conversation um, between Philip and Charles. Yep. What are you talking about? You have a father. You have a father. And really, he's just been so crummy. To right. Charles this entire time. Oh, Tobias but Menzies. To, uh, seriously, Tobias oh. Menzies, like, he blows all of these really strong scenes out of the water. <laughs> Makes me want to shout. I was surprised that you didn't just play and I. Oh. <laughs> That's your Tobias Menzies song. Oh, my goodness. You are right. I know I'm right. Where have you been, Bob? Um, oh, my goodness. So, I don't, I don't know. I just, it broke my heart to be and in that scene. There you go. Here, Tobias, this is for you from Blake. Sorry, continue. <laughs> we'll love him now because post season four, he won't be here. I know, that's so sad. And I'm actually quite sad that Charles Dance is not going to be in the rest of the season, unless there's flashbacks or whatever. I don't know. We'll figure it all out. So that was my bad in the petty sense of Anne, but in the real sense of how sad I felt and how awkward I felt, how beautiful that was of the men talk. And then my great was just the the shooting scenes mixed up with Mountbatten going to the boat. And I didn't know this. I didn't know this history. Yeah. Okay. That you knew something was going to happen. I was ready for someone to actually shoot him. Yeah, yeah. Because you kept hearing the guns and the reloading and all this stuff. So I was prepared. And of course, you saw the person in that tan orange car. Yeah. Um, I did not know this. I mean, I wasn't born at that point. So no, I mean, this isn't something that you're you're learning necessarily about the troubles. Uh, and you're not I didn't learning learn it in like history class. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is not something that is widely taught no. you know um because i mean it's a big deal i mean maybe if i lived in england or if i really had researched the royal the royals you know what i mean i right. would know but i'm just mary growing up in rhode island i didn't know this and it's kind of like what we talked about on the potterverse with um like voldemort uh by the way i just have to play this i'm harry freaking potter where it's it's just you're too close to it the the history is just there and it takes time. It takes time to get perspective. And it's not to say, I mean, now the, the troubles, you know, the troubles technically ended with a treaty, what, in, in the late 90s. But it, 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 this was in its height, right? And yeah. this was 50 years ago. So for you to necessarily know it, I don't think is. is well, can we is take out a brief touch. moment yeah, sure. for you before we go into your GBGs? Can we just have a little history moment? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'll, I'm, Cause I'm you happy. told me this last night and then I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. So as a girl growing up in Rhode Island from the eighties and nineties, 
I don't really know too much about the IRA. Right. Uh, well, let's let's get into what. I mean, do you want to do your GBGs first? Yeah, yeah, this? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Let's let's do the GBGs. Okay. Uh, let's do the GBGs. Um, first, my good uh, Francis Paca. You know who Francis Paca is? Mm, nope. She's the editor. Oh. The editor. Well done. She has actually edited some of the best episodes of Game of Thrones mm. that there is, as a matter of fact, including. Um, uh, what, what is it? Uh, Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things. You know wow. nothing, Jon Snow. And she also edited one of my favorite other shows on HBO, Rome. Oh, I love that show. Another Tobias great. Also starring She just Fire basically Tobias. is a Tobias Menzies fan. Yes, she is. She's um, like, oh, he's in there now? Oh, he's on that show? I'm just going to follow him. <laughs> and the reason why I, I think the job that she did was excellent is because of uh, uh, exactly what you said, Mary. It's Mountbatten's death. It was telegraphed in the writing and in the direction, but I was okay with that because we knew something was going to happen. We yes. knew something was up and the tension just was ratcheting up with every single cut. Mm-hmm. And it almost, in my opinion, it goes to the point of like breaking where you're like, oh, it's just too much. What? Do, how do we release this? Are they playing with me? And, and are they being disingenuous? Especially with the clever editing between Mountbatten yeah. and how the guns kept going off with Prince Philip, mm-hmm. and you'd hear the gun, but then it would quickly switch to Prince Philip, and you see him yeah. with the shotgun. Yeah, the sound was on the scene with Mountbatten, right? And yet, right. Yeah, then we'd go to it, and it was the transition was the shot, and finally how it all ends up with the three, the two, and then and then there's a break and then it's underwater and the whole, and like even the shot of underwater was there a couple of times. So you're expecting something. You don't know when it's going to happen. Not just you think it does. And then all of a sudden it doesn't. And then boom, it's, it, yes. it was a master class Agreed. in editing the, uh, perfectly. And of course that also goes with the writing and the direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we can start this season off with such an impactful event. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it will give us an underlying um, current for the rest of the season, yeah. Uh, especially as the troubles continue, and especially as things get ugly. Um, this will always be there, uh, and it gives us personal stakes for the family, for the crown. Uh, I loved it; I thought it was excellent. The bad hmm. also happens to be an editing thing at the oh. same time. Uh oh, Francis. Uh, um, and I don't think this is an editing problem. I think this is a writing problem necessarily. Okay. Which is it, the the transition from Mountbatten's f- funeral where okay. they're throwing the the, the, dirt the dirt onto the camera, which is a great effect. Loved it, um, but it was a hard. I mean, I mean, hard transition from the funeral to all of a sudden it being the horse jumping competition, and I I actually thought that the 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 uh, the, the throwing of the the dirt was the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And then I was, and and then same. I'm like, was this episode longer than the others? I don't think so because it did. It made me feel like, oh, there's still more. Um, but because of that, I was like, whoa! Uh, and now we're horse jumping. Wow. Okay. okay. Um, and it's not to say that it didn't build on top of that, but it was just a hot transition. Agreed. And I thought that was a little rough. And of course, the great, and I feel like this is kind of cliche to say, but Josh O'Connor playing Charles. Oh, um, right. This kid, he gets it and he yep. deserves the praise and Agreed. the cliche and Agreed. everything that's coming his way uh he is th- the star Agreed. in my opinion of this show right now uh, and he is making it what it is 
um, you know, I, I, and it's interesting as Americans, right, to see a side of Charles that we were not necessarily shown. We were all Absolutely. like taught by our media, love Diana, mourn Diana, hate Charles for being terrible and cheating, and you know all this stuff. And granted, still, I don't really approve of cheating, but you're able to appreciate a bit more of the fictional Charles's side, absolutely from. His amazing performance, and I would say specifically because of of Josh O'Connor. Agree. Like, I, I, yeah. he, I mean, I'm not gonna like be like, oh, Prince. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Prince Charles is my favorite. No, like, no, 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 no. And and that may be biased, and and that may be an uninformed opinion. I'm still gonna feel Once that again, way. I'm, I'm a girl from Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> who was fed by the media? Yeah. Uh, so, and that's fine. Like that's okay. No, I know. Uh, but the way that he's being portrayed, and yes, of course, there was the great scene when he's yelling, and after he finds out about Lord Mountbatten's death, and he's at the river, and but the thing that really sold me on this episode was when he was driving away from Diana after he sees her at the fair. Mm. And, you know, they talk and whatever, and he's driving, and the camera just sits on him. Yes. And you see this, like, you, you see a Takes whole forever. wave. Yes. A whole wave of emotion, shock, and, um, like, okay, wow. And, and then mm-hmm. the sudden the sudden transition, well, the, the subtle transition from him being like, are, all right, to mm-hmm. smiling. And it's the first time you see him smile. Yes. In uh, a very long time. Yeah. And yes. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a master, again, a masterclass in directing, yes. writing, and especially acting. So I am all about uh, the Josh O'Connor life. Now let's talk uh, briefly uh, about, do you want to do the history? Okay. Aspect briefly. Of it? I briefly. mean, don't go crazy. Don't go crazy. Or do you want to do that for another episode? No, no, no. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it's very brief. Okay. Uh, the troubles, uh, essentially <sighs> was created. Uh, and once were, again, we're not Irish. So no, I'm not Irish. And, I'm not a, and I am not, not, and I am not an expert. British. In this. So yeah. if, if I get something wrong, please forgive me. Uh, this is just my, this is my basic Your knowledge, memory, yeah, and, and you know from history classes and so on. The troubles were is is a it's a series of events and a, a time uh, in Northern Ireland where there was the Northern Irish. Uh, the, the the it's part of the United. It's part of the United Kingdom, okay. where, where Ireland itself is not. Northern Ireland was split at the time between Protestants and Catholics. Catholics wanted to be free. The Protestants wanted to stay with. England. So it was like a sandwich of Catholics, like Catholic bread. Uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, regardless, whatever. It, it what ended up happening was the Catholics were rebelling against the Protestants, and it was oh no, the Protestant bread, not a, a, a Protestant, Protestant sandwich with like the Catholic in the middle. In the middle, yeah. Okay. So sure. Okay. Uh, and there was a big divide between the peoples on what to do and how to do it, and the Catholics were and, and and the Protestants were fighting each other about what to do and how to and how to go about either staying with England or going away from England. Jesus would not want that fighting to And have there were there were walls put up, checkpoints where, you know, it was really ugly. It's kind of, it's not it's similar to the Berlin Wall, but not as nearly permanent or um as widely known. So it's not yeah. as famous. But there there were I mean, bombings and lots of people died. Thousands of people died, most of whom were just innocent civilians in these bombings and in trying to uh, separate Ireland uh, from England. And and the the two peoples 
fighting against each other. And a lot of that has to do with what has been noted in this episode, the IRA, the Irish Republican Army. The Irish Republican Army was uh, established in the early teens, the 19 teens, uh, which was it's a it's a faction of at the time volunteers mm-hmm. who were trying to separate Ireland from England. Okay, and at that time, so they all, were Catholic. They were Catholic, and at that time, all of Ireland, not just Northern Ireland, all of Ireland was part of the United Kingdom. And the two big groups in Ireland in the early teens are the political wing, which is Sinn Féin, and then the more military wing, which was um, the IRA. Okay. And the, they fought against the English and the Easter Rebellion and all that stuff. And they, the IRA led by Michael Collins, uh, one of the people who helped separate Ireland from, Ireland from England. And then the Sinn Féin was head up by Eamon de Valera, who became the first president of Ireland. Uh, so they did all this. They actually ended up getting in a civil war. They couldn't decide what to do oh and gosh. who was going to run the country. Oh so as soon as they won independence, they the Irish got in a civil war. Who was going to do what? And uh, eventually in the 60s, the IRA split. And the IRA split between people who were traditionalists who didn't want um, to have any more conflict. Yeah, they were like, uh, we won. Yeah, and then other people who wanted conflict, and it was it was a whole thing. And oh. what we saw, uh, who did what they did, was the Provisional Irish Republican Army. Kind of sounds like twenty twenty U.S. Uh well, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. But, no, not like that extreme, but just in so a sense that is sorry, a that I is won't a be political. That is an extremely basic version of the troubles and the IRA. Irish independence, Northern Ireland, how it was split, because that was the deal. Michael Collins goes to England at the time, who was to speak to Lloyd George, who was the king, and actually played by Jared Harris, I think, in the, uh, yeah, Jared Harris in the first season of of The Crown. And he goes to him and says, listen, uh, we, we don't want to be with you anymore. And the king says, okay, fine, you can have Southern Ireland, but we keep Northern Ireland. Collins comes back and says, this is the best I could do. And everybody got pissed off. And that's how the Civil War started. Because there were people that wanted the whole country to be freed. Guys like Eamon de Valera, he wanted the whole thing to be freed. And there's actually like this um, conspiracy theory that de Valera knew that he wasn't going to get the whole country. So he sent Michael Collins, who was seen as a hero, the Irish Republican Army, that helped free the Irish. And said, oh, yeah, yeah, you you go do it, Collins. That way I don't get the bad press. Mm. Uh there is there is Smart there's man. some conspiracy theories about that, but yeah. it do, it doesn't matter. Okay, so that is a very basic all right introduction, and I I love the fact that they use this as the opening to set you up for the rest yes. of the episode. So very cool. That is that, Mav, and I I hope I didn't bore people to death or no, to tears. You just wrapped it up just in time on the cusp of boredom, but we're good. <laughs> so. uh what do you think about this episode? Uh, we, we don't have to go crazy with it because I feel like a lot of it speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, can you just do me a favor? Sure. Can you please not tell me that tell anybody that you saw me because I'm going to get into terrible trouble. What do you mean? That's oh, literally oh. <laughs> what Diana says. Yes. And then yes. what does he do? Goes and tells, right away. Goes and tells Sarah. Right away. By the way, did not know that Charles was originally seeing Diana's sister. Right. Did not know that. Awkward. Despite my huge love of Diana in all things um, uh, Lady Spencer. So they met 
when she was still like a young teenager, they did not really meet um, with her dressed up as like a nymph from right, right. <laughs> from Shakespeare, but uh, she was still dressed um, not in like a fancy, fancy but thing. But the, the meet cute of it all, yeah. I think, establishes... I loved it. It, it. it automatically sets up real chemistry yes. between the two actors, and it makes you want to root for it, because... Yes. Not only is she not supposed to be there, but she secretly is planning this, so she does run into Charles. Mm-hmm. That's what the sister says. And I and I find this something to root for. Yeah. Because as we look back on it with, you know, hindsight, yes. you know, however long this uh, however long ago this was, you look at it you're like, "Oh my god, no, 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 no. Please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't, right. don't, 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 don't." But as you're watching it, you're rooting for it. And I think that's where the crown may get in trouble. What? That it, we root for Charles and Diana to get together even though we know it's destined for a breakup? Yes, but also I wonder, and I don't... My subtle sense of what is happening right now, I think we established in the last season that the show is definitely pro-monarchy. Like, it's definitely pro-family. Like, the crown. Yes. I mean that is its title. I know, but like, <laughs> but I know what you. Mean. It could be. It, it could yes. take a an agnostic approach. This is the crown, and this is the crap yeah. they did. But I, I feel like they they're do really look, trying to humanize yeah. and uh, make you feel. And and that is a perfect example. Is is Charles right? Yes. Um, I wonder how they're going to treat Diana for the rest of the season. My sense of it is that. Like they almost infantilized her um, a little bit in this episode in the beginning. Yeah, she's and, sixteen. Sure, uh, but I wonder if they continue that so that the stuff with Charles and how eventually it ends mm-hmm. is put in a better light, yeah. as opposed to what was you know Only what's been widely tell. reported. You know, you know what's funny is um, when I went to Google to figure out how young she was when they met and how young she was when they got married, I typed in, how big was the age difference between? Yeah. And Google filled in Anakin and Padme. (laughs) (laughs) So if you wanted to know what the most Googled age difference uh, between two people are is, it's Anakin and Padme, not Charles and Diana. It's probably actually relatively the same... Age difference? No. It's not? Anakin and Padme were a mere five years apart. Really? I mean, movie-wise, come on. Natalie Portman versus like a little kid who can maybe ride a tricycle? I know. Little Jake Lloyd running around. He's five years younger than Natalie Portman. In movies, like I think it would have been an accurate difference. Um, But in the... Yeah, and factually, they're supposed to only be five years apart. Whereas Diana and Charles... We're twelve years apart. Twelve <coughs> yeah. years apart. So yeah. he actually got married when he was thirty-two. And speaking of two, two years goes by in this episode when Charles meets Diana. Yeah, sure. Uh, versus when he sees her again, it's actually a two-year span, which is quite interesting that they that they did that jump. We we also noticed that it seems like Charles has a few silver streaks in his hair. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. An early silver stud. Oh yeah. So maybe he'll join Grombre. <laughs> um, and, and as much as I loved how they handled Diana mm-hmm. um, and how. Uh, 
the whim, like you said uh, on our knee jerk reactions, you yes. said the whimsy. Yes. There is whimsy about her. Um, though it does feel like planned whimsy. Like they, she, the sister says that she's referred to as Dutch because she has great things for her. Mm. And that, and that's short for Duchess. Yes. Right. So it's funny. Again, it, it infantilizes Diana, but it also gives her real, um, purpose mm. and, and it gives her uh real like um i'm looking for the word uh what what is it um drive yeah drive but like her, ambition the 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 ability to make choices it mm. really it gives her uh, um agency okay it gives her agency she's the one who i feel like makes this happen uh, and with and without her actions, none of it does. Whatever perfume she was wearing that day, <laughs> so many hor- uh, pheromones, pheromones, not pheromones, yeah. so many pheromones. <laughs> uh, and as much as I love Diana, I as and as much as I love Jean Lane Anderson, I don't think yet I'm in love with her portrayal as Margaret Thatcher. Oh, okay. I'll be real. I haven't really watched a lot of footage of Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. So I don't think I want to right now. I think I kind of just want to like sit in this crown universe and maybe once I'm done with the season, I will watch videos on YouTube of real Margaret Thatcher. She sounds like Margaret Thatcher. uh, And I'm I'm not saying that she doesn't. She has, she has this like the, the the sideways thing where she holds it like, I, I don't know if it's the makeup or or how or how she has her delivery i'm just not used okay. to that is it cuz it's scully because it's scully i think you can't unsee her right now i mean i, I was able to, i didn't even know it was her when i was watching it. i think i don't know i i can i can appreciate though that you're not fully on board with her yet i enjoyed her but time will tell yeah um so I'm I'm willing to go along. Okay. I, I think it's something that I'll settle into. I mm-hmm. think as she probably probably settles into the role uh, yeah. as it continues on. Yeah. Um, what I'm definitely not settling into though is Anne. Okay. Well, first, what I did like about Anne is it showed us the stark contrast of Philip's parenting. How oh good off one. he is from Philip. How just completely. It, you know, well, he's from, not, I mean, sorry, from Charles. Yes. How Philip is from Charles. How, you know, Charles almost feels like Philip hasn't even been his father. That Mountbatten, that Dickie was mm-hmm. his father figure. And, you know, Philip goes even so far to say it. And then, of course, he became your father. And I lost my father and blah, 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 blah. And then we go to Anne, who, bless her heart, she's supposed to be dry as toast and does a great job portraying that. Um, <laughs> I had no idea toast. that she was going to be an Olympian horse person mm-hmm. equestrian i don't know what the actual term would be for jumping horse person sure. but equestrian no idea and so it just kind of came out of nowhere to me even mm-hmm. though i appreciate that she rides horses and maybe they've mentioned it once or twice but i've obviously forgotten about it um so but that's why that's the only purpose i see in Anne being in this episode aside from acknowledging that she exists we got to see the whole family at dinner when yeah. they were all talking about charles's lack of love life yeah. so anyway, we got to see the queen mother and we got to see uh, princess margaret we also got to see too the the motorcade with all the different members of the family. Yes. You know, the, the, the queen and Prince yeah. Philip and how uh, you know, 
quiet they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the bickering between Anne and her husband, who uh, she apparently off screen got married, and as we know from history, off screen she was almost kidnapped. So wait, that isn't going to be covered? No, it, the, wait, the wedding second. is not. It, it's already happened. Wait, she was kidnapped. At her wedding? No, well, after her wedding. Not like, not wedding, and then she was kidnapped, like, after the ceremony. Oh, man. But, like, a few months. I thought months, they were going to cover that in this show. A few months later, there was an attempt to kidnap her by some crazy guy. Yeah, that would have made for really interesting television. Agreed. I would have loved to see in the how wedding. How do you know they're not covering any of this? Because she's already freaking married. I know she's already married, but how do you know they're not going to try to have her stolen, kidnapped? Because by this point, it's already happened. Well, the- she got over it quite well. <laughs> I know, right? And that's the oh, thing. Oh, you took a couple years off. Yes, Dad, because I was almost taken away. Right. Was she actually kidnapped? No, no, no. Uh, a bunch of people died, actually, trying, trying, t- trying to protect her. Um, and Okay, let me tell you. This would have been... That's what I was referring to in the beginning, that like, oh, maybe she should just disappear. Like, right. I thought that this was going to be something covered in the Crown season and, four. I mean, Quite juicy. For, for all I know, it might they may change the timeline of events for the sake of okay. artistic license. Okay, we're not going to... at least, according to the history, this is what, late 70s by this point. Yeah. Uh, uh, 77, 79. 79, yeah. Because it's a two-year span yeah, that yeah. So, we're in 79. She get her kidnap attempt is early 70s, like 73. Oh. <sighs> So Anne I would be surprised. The shaft. And the fact, the fact, it, it's almost like the show doesn't know what to do with Anne. Agreed. Uh, because again, she gets married off screen, and they, there's no introduction. To I mean, the they husband. literally just said like, "Oh, it's awkward because your husband also rides horses, and he's also going to try to be an Olympian too." Right. Right. That's really all we got. And then we also have the uh, the other part of the motorcade with uh, with uh, the sister and uh, the Margaret? queen mom, Margaret. They're yes. in the same, and they're and they're both sleeping. Love it. <laughs> The dichotomy between all the different cars yes. is as excellent. they're going to Scotland. Yeah, right. What a beautiful retreat that they have. I really love when they get to go to Scotland. Yeah. Um, you know, you just get to see the Highlands. You get to see their activities there, and they all have kind of they break off into those little different pods, which is is pretty neat. So it was nice to be there, and then also to see Charles. Where was he? Iceland. He was in Iceland. Yes. Iceland fly fishing or whatever. Yes. Yep. Dang, that looked beautiful and this is actually all in scotland by the way that they actually shot it everything all of it in scotland they did a great job it was (laughs) i loved also hearing how long it took for Mountbatten to get in touch with charles over the phone right yeah and of course we got to have that where he learns about his death and charles of course is not only sad for the loss but the last conversation he had with dickie absolutely was a terrible one yeah he's blaming dickie for his his own marriage yes. how that was a, a famous yes. uh, open marriage where mm-hmm. dickie just did whatever the hell he wanted and the wife just did whatever the hell she wanted and, yep. but they were still married um i know we already talked about the assassination scene so we don't have to belabor no. that point but it was truly so beautiful well it was truly well edited shot and written as was this uh, scene with Charles reading the letter and um, in, in hearing that, we, what we played at the beginning mm. of this episode. But I think just as good as that was the conversation between F- Philip and Charles. When is Charles even is in better. a scene in this episode, it's one of your favorite scenes. It's, it's fire. It right? is pure fire, especially watching... Tobias Menzies yes. and Josh O'Connor go at it the way that they are. Yes. I mean, really uh, excellent stuff. 
it's just, it's a really interesting dynamic because of course Philip is fiery and strong and sure of himself and yet is showing this weakness because he is mourning Dicky but he's also mourning the fact that he lost Dicky even long before this to Charles mm-hmm. and Charles you're a grown man the heir to the throne obviously has now lost his pseudo father figure um but you can still see the Philip Charles father son dynamic. Charles yeah. isn't strong to his father. Right. He still he still falls within himself. He still will do the reading. Mm-hmm. He still is okay with with, with sharing that, you yep. know, but he yep. but he chose, you know, Charles to do it. But you do not feel there's this interesting shot, a two shot of them with Philip walking over. And actually the actor who portrays Charles is quite tall. Yes. He's taller than um, Tobias Menzies. And yet when they had these conversation shots, they were close up on their faces mm-hmm. and there was no height difference when right. it was a one shot. Right. And I thought that that was very interesting to show that even though Charles is the heir and um, is, you know, going to be very, very important. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, thought one day in life. That's, on this scene, they are now seen as equals because Philip is jealous of Charles. Right, and, and the funny thing is that within the monarchy, mm-hmm. technically, Charles is above Philip. Yes. And you feel like that should be recognized. And but it's still not. he's like, he's I mean, a it boy. Is. It, it, yeah, it, but he's this sense. boy, and he still treats him like that. Yeah. And. There's another. You mentioned the the level at which these these one these, these two shots were. No, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, the two shot and the one shot was filmed. It was straight on. Yeah. Another interesting thing that happens. My sense of that was that Philip was a little drunk. Uh, like I felt like he'd been drinking. Oh, I just didn't know if Tobias was shorter. Well, no, no, I don't think any of that. It does, oh. has, but like the way that he was delivering his lines. Yes. And an, something that happens in frame when Tobias Menzies is talking. As the camera creeps up on him, it goes out of focus mm. for like a for like a good couple of seconds, and then it comes back into mm-hmm. focus. I thought that was such an excellent touch. Agreed. Whether or not that was planned or it was just a happy accident, I don't know. But if you go back and watch that conversation, his his movement unfocuses the camera, and it's like that, and it stays, and then it comes back. And I just love that that. As a viewer, it gives mm. you an automatic sense of something is off. Yes. Something is really wrong. And it's wonky and it's it's destabilizing. It takes the whole conversation to an, a whole other level. How do you feel about a 500-page, here's how to have my funeral? <laughs> because nope. when we first got to that shot and there were all those pages in the table – and and Philip didn't right away acknowledge what it was. Mm-hmm. I actually turned to Blake and I went, "What the heck is he doing with all those papers? <laughs> like it's just this? a literal table covered in like stacks of papers." But then we of course found out five hundred pages. Um, it made me a little nervous because I haven't put out any plans. Now, granted, I'm not as old as Mountbatten was. True. But goodness gracious, five hundred pages, bro! What did you, you plan? You can see that he is not short of words. <laughs> no, and and. Uh, another perfect example of that is, and again, this is why I feel like the threads that we're dangling here are absolutely being pulled from the previous season, which is when Mountbatten refers to the previous king and his um, marriage 
Oh, the the previous Prince of Wales. The, yeah, the previous Prince of Wales. Forty years ago. Yes, and, yeah. and and how he invokes that, and I I love that kind of storytelling mm-hmm. uh, because it doesn't negate what we saw in season three. It acknowledges no, it. Yeah, and it, it makes it relevant to what is happening, especially with that scene with his wife, though the widow. Right. Um. You know, with her just saying like. They mean well. No, they yeah, don't. No, no, they don't. So no. watch out for them. I, I love that. Uh, and then, and then, not only that, but also um, the way that it feels like Mountbatten um, guilts Charles into his eventual decision. And I think that is something that the show will probably also really explore. How were Diana and Charles put together? And how did that evolve? Is that something that was born out of, at least what the show is positing, is it born out of guilt? And is it born out of duty? Because oh. that's what Mountbatten requests of Charles in yeah. his final letter, in his final words. That's a really interesting idea. I know, it's because I'm Batman. I kind of saw that whole time that we were hanging out with Charles in the car and his slow smile as, yeah, she'll do. Yeah, but is, is, is it because she'll do because that's what is required? Or could you see it as a sign from up above from Mountbatten, you know? Sure. I don't know. But interesting. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So, okay. I'm so, excited to binge the rest of this. I'm not going to lie. So we watched the episode last night, Sunday night. It is Monday night right now when we're recording. And I begged Blake. <laughs> I was like, can we just watch episode two and then podcast about one tomorrow? And he's like, nope, we have to keep the integrity of the show. We can only watch one and then podcast about one. So know that that is how we're going to be going forward yes. during this week-long binge session. Yep. We're interested to hear how quickly you binge this show. If you do it within the first Absolutely. week, yep. email us, let us know your opinion. Or put it in the comments of this episode or whatever, yeah. you know, just get in touch with us and uh, we'll talk about it. We'll have some fun. Yeah. And, and maybe we can start putting in some listener feedback. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Hey, we'll talk about it. We will. Either All right. Way. You ready Let's to close up this bad boy? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's get on to the rest. I'm ready to go watch it. I know. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you all so much once again to the members at jointhenerdclan.com. Those of you who are clansmen level and above, you truly have made this possible. Of course, this was asked for by our patrons when we were looking for the new show, and we wanted to make this patron-specific, so we really, really appreciate you. We know that 2020 has been hard for many people here, and so for those of you who have been able to still donate out of the goodness of your hearts, or for those of you who found it to be a big enough priority that you want to donate, we really, really appreciate you. Yeah, all you guys, like like we said, make this happen. And by the way, we've had an explosion of members that join the nerdclan.com. So uh, more and more of you are out there trying to consume this content. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go out, tell your friends, hey, there's this really nerdy podcast about <laughs> the crown. They do weird history lessons about the IRA and we talk about the queen's outfits and how she likes to bet on okay. cabinets and all yeah. that other stuff, you know. And so. don't forget, um, those of you who are listening, you are going to be getting a holiday card from us. Yes. Because you're the clansman level and above. And if you would like to get a holiday gift from us, you need to be at the Sassanok level or above by Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving, as that is when we are going to be starting to send things out. Yes. So we'll, we'll get those out. And for those of you who are um, 
Sassanok levels and above, you'll be getting a gift as well. So uh, it, it's it's we're working on it. I'm working on it, as a matter of fact. So I'm very excited. About yes, it. It should be it should be a good time. So once again, thank you all so much for tuning in. We're excited to go binge some more, and by binge, I mean watch episode two and then podcast about episode two. Yep. Oh, we've got this, friends. Oh, by the way, also too, if you want to, if you want us to start doing some swag for the crown, mm. uh, let us know because uh, right now our our screen right here is at the Marion Blake store reminded me of that. Go to the Marion Blake store for all of your cool nerd swag, whether it's the Potterverse, uh, Outlander, This Is Us Two, all the sayings that we have here, Marion Blake for the Marion Blake brand, uh, and if you want us to add some stuff for the crown, I'm happy to do that. That's right. So, well, on that note, my name's Mary. My name's Blake. Keep calm and crown on.